Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is for Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real-time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid. It's going to be the funniest podcast out there because that's what I'm all about, baby. The comedy and the money. And his partner, Fela Tapender Stevenson. For Mexico City to be community centre, I've got stories that are going to blow your mind. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft, the world's premier wrestling podcast. My name's Rob Florence and I am sitting with my beautiful a beautiful fellow host, one Gredo himself. Hey, Gredo's got a new hairdo, by the way. Somebody's got a haircut <laughs> and a haircut and a wee colour. See, that's the thing I hate about when you change your haircut. Everybody go, what are you done your heat? Mm-hmm. What are you done your heat? Know what I mean? It must be a nightmare being able to change your hair, aye. It must be a nightmare, mate. I can't imagine what it must be like. It must be dead. It must be a nightmare being able to change your look. No, but I love I've looked f- the same for about 20 years now. No, but do you know what? But see how when I watch you on the telly, what mm-hmm. makes it funny is the wigs that you wear. Ah, it's myself. See, well, so it's not my performance, it's just the wigs I'm wearing. I'd say, I'd say it's 70% your performance, 30% your wig that you're wearing. I'll take that. Aye, honestly, see when, see when they put something on your head, it's always funny. It's always funny. Thank you, mate. That's a, that is a, a massive, massive compliment. Thanks a lot. Well, just, just, make you, just make you feel a bit better because you're sitting there greeting at your bald. Well, why don't you shave all your hair off as well? And then when you go into a wrestling ring, you can wear a different mic, a different wig in every match. A guy can you can have a beautiful spot. Guy punches you, your wig flies off every single match. Well, because sure, the last time I shaved my head was about 2005, 2006. And I went down to a booking in Newcastle. And I was in a rumble and I went back on the UK fan forum with a big fan forum at the time where they'd done all the reviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy, and this one, I was granting a bar and this reviewer said, entrant number seven, cannot remember who, what this wrestler's name was, but he reminded me of a human potato. <laughs> <laughs> so he then, re- then proceeded to, 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 to call me the human potato throughout the review. The human potato was then next to be thrown out of the rumble. The human potato this, the human potato that. <laughs> That was the last time I shaved my head, mate. I had a human potato. That's a blow. Some people, listen, some people can work the bald head and some people can't. I had no choice. I was just just forced. Anyway, this is a wrestling (laughs) podcast. Uh, We actually talk about wrestling this show. And did you do any wrestling this weekend, Grado? Did you? Well, I was in a wrestling ring, mate. I was in a wrestling (laughs) ring. Yeah. With you. It was a buzz on Saturday night, I'm telling you. I had a really, really, really good weekend at wrestling. First of all, I wrestled in Livingston and I I tagged with Sugar Dunkerton. And Livingston went straight for there, Livingston for Reckless Intent, and then Mm -hmm. went to Fear and Loven. Wrestled Ravy Davy in a scheme lumberjack match, which meant the ring was surrounded by a couple of Neds, eight Neds, eight Bams trying to get involved. Buffed, they got it. 
they get thrown about. They got a couple of stuffings to the job, but right. and then uh, obviously I bait Ravy, Ravy, Davy. Then the Neds fucking all laid into me, gave me a doing. Yep. Then whipping us for a comeback, guys. If you've no serious, get your chances. Yes. If you're a wrestling fan, you love comebacks, which I do. I love comebacks. A big comeback pop. You can't beat it. Man, David Blaze has been out at ICW for two and a half years. Yep. The lights go out. The Bucky Boys music play. David Blaze shoots down to the ring. Man, big the new pop, entrance video. Big on new entrance video. Looking great. It was amazing to be in the ring. It was like one of the ones where I'm sitting there, I'm trying to sell, I'm getting a scheme button, aye, but at the same aye. time, I've got this heavy cheeser aye, on my aye, face aye. It because unreal. it was so good. It was so good. The Ned Step fucking peppering uh, David Blaze, the ring announcer shouts, Somebody get a police! Somebody get a police! The next minute. Moment of magic. My favourite police team, apart from other teams in Scott Squad. Um, the quality police for Burmiston come marching down to the ring, get some peppering on the go, pepper Ravy Davy, get him arrested, huckle him out. Oh, it was madness, wasn't it? Entertainment Listen, finest. I was behind that curtain eh, before Davy Blaze came down. I'll tell you, the atmosphere behind that curtain was unreal. Oh, anyway, cut and came out. Cut and sell it. No, I mean, everybody was all jumping about, man. Everybody was everybody was amped up, man. Big Davy was like jumping up and doing like away on Christmas Day. It was unreal, man. The atmosphere was amazing. ICW sometimes can go through stages where the morale's a wee bit and it's a wee bit in the side, but this weekend, man, the, the, the wrestlers nailed it. The crowd were phenomenal. See, even if you if you've never experienced an ICW show and you're a wrestling fan, get to one of these shows. My brother can't be asked with wrestling, but he'll go to an ICW show. Right. It's just full of everything. You just don't know what to expect. There's folk for the telly will show up. Listen, that show was, uh, you know, I was watching a lot of it for the back, right? And and that show was just so much fun. Man. I went to the bottom. Um, and I, you know, the good housekeeping match at the, at the end, the main event. Oh. See some of the work you boys were doing in that match, comedy working on it, uh, and and having a match that was like an yep. intense, an intense match with some spots that were just making you like absolutely grimace with how sore it all looked. You know what I mean? It was a, uh, it was amazing. This will feel like a continual burrow with Liam Thompson, but I actually missed that match. Liam will be listening, listening to this going for fuck's sake. But I missed that. But it was oh, amazing. I, I tell you, it was the uh, first one was brilliant. It was cracking. They, they, they guys like Wolfgang and Liam are just so talented. Do you know, man, you, you know what I mean? Today, that today a match like that. You know what I mean? You said something to me years ago that that um that, that always resonated with me. Wolfgang, I know he plays a heel, but he's you once said to me, Wolfgang's at this night, a sweet smile. Aye. He's got this wee smile on him that's infectious. Oh, aye. It's he's like a you, great bad guy, but he, wow. He's a great bad guy, but you can't help. He's got this magic Lovable. thing that, that some wrestlers, I think wrestlers need. He's got this magic thing where you just can't fail to like him. Like if he decides he's a baby face, you'll go with it. Mm-hmm. If he decides he's a heel, you'll go with you'll it. Go because with he's it. just got that look. He's got that look about him. He's got that wee smile. He's got charm. He's sparkle. He's, he's got, got, that, he's got charm. charm. You know what I mean? Uh, big gentle giant as well, man. Uh, he's I a great mean, guy. It's great to guy. see him doing well in WWE UK. He's yep. been back and forth to America. So, um, and ICW as well, we're up, up for the BAFTAs, for the Rogue to the Wrestler Aye. thing. What Although they never win it, man, but it's good for wrestling, man. It's good it's for, wrestling. for wrestling. Bye, a great fun weekend. ICW On Demand. You can see it, and you can watch it, and you can enjoy it. Let's move on now. Uh, listen, hey, we've got a great guest this week as well. We've got the one and only... Mooster! Wait, are we like to call him Kennedy or Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. 
Kennedy or Anderson? Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Anderson, Ken Anderson, is going to be joining us. Fascinating guy. Fascinating guy who has had a fascinating road through this. He's had a you know he's he's had a hell of a road through this career we call pro wrestling. But we've also had you know the fans have been feeding back on the show and listen. I want to give a big shout out to the fans here for the support that you've given us. Uh, and the start of this endeavour, you've really been, uh, you know, commenting on Facebook and all that and tweeting it as and all that. Fantastic. You know, I don't read any of it, but it's brilliant. That, yeah, I'm joking. I have to read it. It's my job. Uh, but somebody was talking about uh, strange encounters they've had with wrestlers in Scotland after Grado talking about seeing Kenta Kabashi in Karluk, which we have now realised that he didn't see Kenta Kabashi in Karluk. It was actually, who was it? Mr. Haramasawa. I got it mixed up. It was Mitsuharu Misawa, no. the late great Misawa. So he was in Kaluk, no Kenta Kabashi. So aye, mortified. Uh, but you know, I mean, that, so that's that's obviously scunned up my chances of ever getting in pro wrestling. Noah, but I think that was, that's that's already. You need to hone in your Japanese wrestling card, mate. We're making that mistake. But Alex Gibson contacted us and said. Seven years ago, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase, Tatanka, and Rowdy Roddy Piper were doing a signing at A1 Toys in Brayhead. My friend Scott Muir went up to Tatanka and said, "All right, Roddy, I pure loved you," and then had Tatanka sign a Roddy Piper picture. <laughs> the best bit was that Roddy Piper was sat right next to Tatanka, and when my friend walked away, said to Tatanka, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> when my friend walked out, realised what had just happened, saying in his exact words, "I'm a fucking idiot." <laughs> That's beautiful, isn't it? Tatanka was rotten, wasn't he? Have you? Have you? Nah. Tatanka was rotten. Nah, I liked him. What, what that chop? Nah, I liked him. Nah, Tatanka was rotten. Tatanka, he, he wrestled at uh, Commander Grand Hall a couple of years ago. It was very entertaining to watch. Ah, uh, was it Tatanka though? No, we need to ask. Grido. Was it actually oh, Tatanka you saw? Uh, you know what I mean? It, or was it fucking you? Oh, uh, Yokozuna. <laughs> <laughs> he was at the Magnum and Irvin. He was at the Magnum. Was he? Aye, 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 aye. That's a hell. That's a hell in arena. That. Right. Another one. Eh, at BGCP Comic Con. Uh, said that they saw Honky Tonk Man and Marty Jannetty stoting about a Tesco and Carl. So did that? That's the same fucking day. That's Pre- weird. Keep going. Pretty sure Honky Tonk opted for a full cooked chicken for his pre-match meal. That's bollocks. I was there. It was a. It was a. He bought a bunch of bananas and a bottle of Audi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but that, that's, that's funny. That's that that, that that was in the same era. I do remember that. Imagine Honky, Honky Tonk Man in Tesco, and he was. He, he had. A, he had. It was the weirdest thing ever because. I, I seen him, it was weird, we were walking to Tesco and crossing out the, out the road was fucking honky-tonk man with a Tesco carrier bag. Just blew my mind. That's and uh, he, pulled out a, he pulled out a bunch of bananas, began, Janetti was in getting what he was getting. That's bizarre, man. I, fuck. That's what amazing, if I was where that guy? I saw um, legendary British wrestler Kendall Nagasaki uh, getting halfway up, 17-year-old lass up the cat house. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> Imagine just pulling uh, up his wee, pulling up his wee mask, his wee seventy-year-old wee mouth like that, wee tongue, like that, and a seventeen-year-old lassie's mouth. Make that noise! Can you hear that noise? That's the sound of Ken on Agasaki getting after a lass in a cat house. That's fucking disturbing, mate. Uh, so there you go. Thanks for thanks to the audience for giving us these amazing encounters. That's, that's incredible. The honky tonk man was in Tesco. Aye, I thought he'd uh, be Mary Sainsbury's man. That's funny. It's funny. Um, he was wrestling in Pre- Preston a couple of years ago and all, and uh, I wasn't involved in the match. Um, I think he was in a six-man, but all I kept hearing him saying was, I'm going to take the bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. You lay it in. I'm going to take the bump for you. As if him taking the bump was like, fuck, 
Honky Tonk Man's going to take a bump for you. She's going to bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. I'm going to take the bump for you. Can you believe Honky Tonk's going to take a bump for me? <laughs> high point, high point. Yeah, Grado, have you had any other weird encounters with wrestlers? Well, no, but it was funny watching Kurt Angle and uh, the Carlisle Tesco. Try to work the fucking self-service <laughs> checkout. It was brilliant. We's American Express kid and all that. Try to fucking bag and all that. Please remove the baggies from the bagging area. And he's fucking totally, man. He's fucking... He was like a fucking fart in a trance trying to work it. It was hilarious. <laughs> I also followed Ric Flair into a toilet in the Hilton when I was a, when I was a boy. It was the worst thing I could ever have done, man. Because he blatantly knew I followed him into the toilet. He's doing a pee, I'm doing a pee. Obviously, two urinals... How do you know he was doing a pee, definitely? Were you, were you looking at him? I mean, I just spied him and went for him and, you know, it is embarrassing, but I did follow him to the toilet, a fucking gimp. But I was young. I was young. Mm-hmm. I was 27. Um, <laughs> 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 and uh, he's standing there and I'm like, here's your Hall of Fame ring. Up in the vault. You enjoying Glasgow? Yeah. Can we get a picture? No. <laughs> Why no? Because you followed me to the toilet. I, I, I never followed you to the toilet. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And then I started saying to myself, you know what? Fuck, I'm going to go for this. So I thought, do you know what? <laughs> attacked him. No, I, I, no, I, I says, um, I'm a mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always say to guys in the toilet. I'm a mark. I just say that to guys. <laughs> I shout uh, to a wee hole in the cubicle to guys. <laughs> I'm a mark. <laughs> When I hang to it now, man, it was fucking, oh, so embarrassing, man, so embarrassing. And he walked up to fucking uh, Dalo Brown after it and was like, uh, can I have to say, watch that guy, he's following men into the toilets. At <laughs> <laughs> this point, man, I'm, I, I was young, I was young, and I had just started out training, and one of my trainers was like, uh, make a name for yourself. Fuck it, got and start a fight with him. He's like, Got to deal with Brown and call him Savio Vega. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? But uh, no, nah, it was actually that gutted that I went up to my bed and fucking get myself to sleep that I fucked up. You know why you embarrass yourself in front of your heroes, do you? Aye, and then like the next day, man, I'm, I'm at breakfast and let Ric Flair walk by me and it was just, and he could remember me and he just growled at me. It just... wasn't the same, because we, because the night I met Ric Flair was a different night, right? It was a much more dignified thing. He said he was a mark for Burniston. He said when he, he was like, that's me, 11, kid. 11. I was like, mate, fucking, I'm trying to appear. Uh, Dilo Brown, mate. Up the road. <laughs> imagine. Can imagine. Uh, no, that wasn't what happened. Listen, if any of you people out there have had uh, interesting encounters with wrestlers, and, you know, keep it clean. I'm not wanting to hear about it. I know some of you have probably, some of these wrestlers have probably took you home to their hotel rooms and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I've got one more, sorry before you hang <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need to say this, please, 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 please. I've please, triggered please. a memory in Grado here, I'm worried about what this one might is. One of the funniest things ever. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Abyss are sitting at my dinner, right? Fuck. Choking for our dinner, starving, starving. We'd been kept in our hotel room for three days because there was a hurricane in Florida, right? right. So we hadn't eaten, all we'd eaten in three days was the stuff that we'd bought to keep us gone. So it was all Doritos and fucking cakes and chocolate and hundreds of beer. So this was the feast, the feast, the feast, the feast. Sitting there, man, well, dinner gets laid out, and this wrestling fan comes up and goes, Hey, Abyss, uh, I'd love to see you and Sid Vicious. And Abyss just went, Beat it. Guy <laughs> <laughs> just walked away, man. I felt terrible for him. Abyss didn't even lock him, just went, Beat it. <laughs> 
beautiful, isn't it? That is beautiful. Poor guy. That's right. But you know what? That's what wrestlers should be doing. Aye. And remember to contact us. You know, you can get us on Facebook, Wrestling Daft. Tweet us at Wrestling Daft. Even, you know, you could even message us on Instagram. You know, you, you, guys are, you try and find Grado's phone number. Somebody will have it. Just ask about Ask about up, kind of, up that way. Aye, so contact us. You contact us. There's loads of ways to contact us. Write a letter to us like we're Santa and let us know what you've been up to. So this is the point in the show where we bury or put over... You know, yeah. bury the stuff that we hate, put over the stuff. It's wrestling, part. This, this, is, this is wrestling jargon. You know, <laughs> jargon. We're, we're inside. We're inside <laughs> those guys, you know. Uh, I want to put over. I've got something to put over. Mm-hmm. I want to put over Grado's new platinum hairdo. Because genuinely, right, see when you first sent me the picture and you Aye. were like, I've got his hair done. It's just a shock when you see somebody's done something drastic like that to their hair. And I was like, oh, you're just a wee surprise. I mean, I actually made a wee noise. Did you need a wee ride done? I went, oh. <laughs> When I saw it, you know, because I was I was so surprised. But let me tell you something, right? I was watching that man. I was in the back, you know. I was watching the match, you know. I was just, uh, just watching around the monitor with the guys, <laughs> and I saw you out there. I saw you out there with your your blonde hair, and you look great, mate. You pulled it off. Well, you've always got to try and reinvent yourself, man. And obviously, it was it was a, a match that's been built up for weeks, and I just wanted to add something a wee bit special to it. And without sounding like fucking a mark, it was cool. Bleeding in that match you with got fucking a with a blonde hair. With a colour and a blonde hair. I wanted a blonde that picture. Um, with food sounding like a fucking absolute belly bunter. It was uh, it was cool. And, you know, wrestlers throughout the years have always said, you know, you need to keep reinventing yourself. I've, I never, I've not exactly fucking reinvented the wheel by dyeing my hair. But, you know, it's something different, something cool. I went, with black, and, off, I went with black and purple in a week. That Everybody decided to I thought wear you looked good. And not only that, I thought it made you look... Kinda younger, more Aye. polished. I'm just saying you look good out there, all right. That's Aye. what I'm saying. Chill out. Um, there's nothing really. I still, I'm watching this uh, this storyline. By the way, we uh, Lana and Rusev and Bobby Lashley. We great interest now. I, I was burying it last week, but I don't know. I might be on board now because it's just <laughs> they're, they're going so they're, they're going so far with it. I'm kind of hoping that uh, you know I tune into the wrestling next week and it's just going to be like three hours of just that story <laughs> just three hours with them the three what, of them talking if they just went that far away then yeah no Rusev's like a sex she says he's always a sex addict uh, sex addict sex addict sex addict <laughs> a sex addict wanted to have sex all the time uh, and you know and so she's it makes no sense it makes any sense big Rusev's just big Rusev's just standing there with a confused look in his face you know uh, what I mean um, but then I'm you know he's, I'll need what, to check what, what a power couple they are man I love they too I love they too. Uh, so, but here's what the listeners are wanting oh, to bury and put over. Right. Alex McRoberts uh, wants to put over Matt Riddle trolling Goldberg with a spear <gasps> jackhammer for a one That's count. That's funny. I've seen him call it. I've seen him call it Goldberg before on Twitter. That's interesting. Matt Riddle and Goldberg would be a good match to watch. Would you like to see that match? Aye? I would love to see that match. Okay. And he wants to bury uh, Ken Velasquez. Uh, well, WWE signing. Velasquez to a three-year contract and getting one short match at him before he goes for surgery. Alex, just shut, listen, just shut up, right? <laughs> you have a guy a three-year contract. There was a time at WWE where giving out contracts like sweeties to all sorts of assholes, uh, right? Mark so Henry don't for ten years. So don't, don't, don't. Mark Henry's great, by the way. He's brilliant. Mark I Henry's. Love what are you talking Mark about, Mark Henry. Henry? By the way, I love Mark Let's Henry. Let's put over uh, that Mark Henry retirement speech. That, that, that got that. me. That got me. That retirement speech come out with tear in his eye, Nora. You know what I mean? Everybody like, no, thank you. You know what I mean? Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark Nora. And then that heel turn. Wrestling. Why did we not talk about that in the best heel turns last week? Oh, that was. That, I mean, that was a. 
a belter. That was brilliant. Thank you, Alex McRoberts. They got me then. For reminding us about uh, Mark Henry. You didn't know you were going to do that, did you? But you did. Uh, Kev McGee wants to put over Cesaro. Because no cunt else will. <laughs> Nico, that's All brilliant. Right. I love Big Kev. <laughs> I love this. It's the I kind of thing Big Kev would say. But saying it in a boozer, man. I want to put her Cesaro. Yeah. Why? Because no cunt else will. <laughs> Fucking everybody in the pub stoning up and clapping their hands, man. <laughs> Fucking yes, man. <laughs> WWE no having a clue how to book a Lesnar Wyatt. Cole Triple Threat at Survivor Series, so they shite it all together. This guy's attitude is brilliant. Send something in every week. I'll be Kev. We need to get you, listen, you, we need to interview you on this show because mm-hmm. I want that attitude. Aye. Love it. Daniel McBride wants to put over the NXT takeover of Raw and SmackDown. Well, wow, that was interesting. Giving the guys and girls a bigger, a platform. bigger platform to show what they can do. Oh, the yeah. guys and girls, the guys and the women. What are you talking about girls? These aren't the girls, these are women. The ladies. And he wants to bury that fucking red lighting for the Fiend matches. Yes, Daniel. I'm away to the live show on Monday and already know I'm not going to see fuck all between the cage <laughs> and the lighting. What are they thinking with that red lighting, by the way? What, no, I mean that Soho oh, right, sex I've, shop red lighting that they've got fucking on the border. I thought you meant red lighting. As in no, the no, red. Going... The Fiend comes out and wrestles, right? And by the way, I'm not, I'm fucking no saying the Fiend. It's like an idiot sitting there calling a guy the Fiend. I'm not doing it. Uh, the Fiend so the Fiend comes out right and the, the Fiend's wrestling and the, the, the stick a red light bulb in <laughs> put that big put that big red light on Air of Fiend but Margaret yeah. Margaret Air of Fiend coming out you stick on stick that big LED, red light bulb on for a Fiend <laughs> and then she's also saying I can't see fuck all between the cage and the lighting Aye. a fucking cage fucking can't see fuck all light bulb it's like you could develop a fucking 40. This is old school people. Like, what are you talking about developing 40s, grander? There was a time you used to have a dark room to develop 40s. You'd have to go into a dark room with a fiend and fucking develop your 40s. <laughs> with a fiend standing beside you. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Sandy Degnan. So I hope I'm saying your name right there. Sandy Degnan. Degnan. Or, or Dignon. Wants to put over Grado's new hairstyle. Oh, and just fear and loathing in general. Great use of the Burniston characters. Thank you very much. It was, it was, it was great to have that part of the it show. It was a beautiful, that was my favourite part of the show, without a doubt, was the, all the Burniston elements. Uh, he wants to bury dirt sheet reporters in Spell of How. You still, you get people still calling them the dirt sheets. You know As what I mean? if it still comes through the door Aye. about paper. And the fucking dirt sheets. The sheets. You see what they were saying in the fucking sheets. He wants to bury the dirt sheets reports in Spell Why are fans so bothered about it at all? Just sit back and enjoy the show put on for you. Know how and why it's been done. Exactly. That's a good point, man. I'm exactly, totally man. behind Sandy. Let's Just get the mystique back into it. Correct, correct. Don't worry about that shit. Just sit back. And watch the matches. Get the big red light on and just enjoy your wrestling. <laughs> Scott M6788 is operating under his code name because he's a spy. Uh, wants to bury Asuka getting pinned like it's nothing after her long undefeated streak and her NXT dominance. And wants to put over Keith Lee. Now that man can move. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, that man, Margaret, that man can move. Oh, I tell you, a figure like that. And that Keith Lee. Like that. Oh, have you seen Christ. that Keith Lee? That man can oh, move. See the white Christ. And a notable mention from Scott to the Fiend winning the title as well. And see, Scott's trying to say the Fiend and make it work, but it just sounds daft, doesn't it? There's a Fiend at the door what for do you. What do you think about Alison? Paul, you want to go out and play the Fiends at the door? <laughs> what do you make a GR um, thinking that the Fiend is a face? You think Bray Wyatt should be a good guy? Uh, why? Why would the Fiend ever be a good guy? I don't know, because it's got that kind of 
cool mask and the entrance. Eventually, that's going to, I think he's going to get cheered. Is he a mega, 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 mega bad guy? He should, he should be, this is the thing, you don't need to, just because a guy is super over doesn't mean you need to make him a baby face. No. I don't, you know, it's not a case. You, no, I do agree, but I think, I, I do agree where JR's coming from. I think, deep down, I think he's a face, mate. I just wish that he was merely a force of chaos, man. Like, I know, I would, what I would have loved to have seen, you know, they had that match, right, where it was The Fiend and it was uh, Seth Rollins, and they had that terrible knee decision really at the end, right? Uh, the just that thing. nonsense at the hell, hell in a cell. I wish they would have just had... I would love to have seen the fiend just pin Seth Rollins and then what, and then just disappear and no take the belt. I would love to see a force of chaos that doesn't give a fuck about championships or belts or anything. He just turns up and you know if he turns up, then you're going to meet the Reaper and he doesn't care about titles. Why is the fiend wearing a belt around his waist anyway? Why is a guy who calls himself the fiend caring even about a championship title anyway? It makes no sense. Why does the Undertaker, who's a deed guy for beyond the grave, want to be carrying a championship mm. strap about him? Help! The whole reality of wrestling is shattering around me. It doesn't make any sense. By the way, I was just saying. I was just saying there that um, uh, the fiend being a baby face just in case Giles listens so he can go oh Grado agrees with me then he tells EW to sign me see you're always working it and that's what I, that's what I respect <laughs> Stuart Gip or Jip says he wants to bury Chris Jericho for having Donald Trump Jr. guest on talk as Jericho however he wants to put over Chris Jericho for his amazing <laughs> heel work and having Donald Trump Jr. guest on talk as Jericho and everything else he's been doing lately help make AEW absolutely unmissable uh, uh, you know Chris Jericho is a friend of the show he had Donald Trump's son on his podcast I don't give a fuck I'm voting Trump now because Jericho <laughs> is my pal I'm pals with Jericho and I know want to build a wall uh, okay moving on Thanks to everybody last week that left a review for the chance to win some tickets for the WWE when it's at the Hydro next Monday. Some of our favourites include, this is from the Henderson Experience, if you want to hear the top five wrestlers who filled their pants with shit, what Shorty G should be named when Rab joins the WWE creative team, and which wrestling shows Grado hasn't watched this week, this is the podcast for you. Great review. G. Collins said, this is the Ric Flair of podcasts. The styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling and dealing son of a podcast. To be the podcast, you go to beat the podcast. Oh, I like that. If the other podcasts out there don't like it. Learn to love it! But the winner has to be Barry the cabbie. Oh, shout out to all the taxi drivers out there in my feathers, man. Who said, if Carlsberg did podcasts, it probably wouldn't sound like wrestling daft. Then again, Carlsberg tastes bloody disgusting. So what do I know? That's us. Pumped for getting uh, that as a sponsor. Oh, fuck, that's sponsor a trout, mate. Well done, Barry the Cabby, by the way. Tickets will be winging their way to you. And the winning doesn't stop as we have another pair of tickets now to check out WWE Live when it comes to the Hydro on the 11th of November. The match card is looking pretty tasty as Rollins takes on The Fiend. Eri Fiend at the door. Eri Fiend. Eri Fiend at the door. Get it. The red Shake light, Bilbone. Takes on The Fiend in a steel cage. So get your specs on for that one. Becky Lynch versus Sasha for the Raw Women's Championship. Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre and Rey Mysterio versus Cesaro, among others. This week, we're making it dead easy for you to win. Just follow us on Twitter, at Wrestling Daft, and everyone that retweets the message we have put up there, which says, listen to Wrestling Daft or we are sending Grado and Rab around. <laughs> Today what? <laughs> to eat some crisps with you? <laughs> Come round to just give you a cuddle. Have a yacht with your ma? <laughs> a wee cup of tea. And a wee Weetabix with your da at 11 o'clock at night. We'll go on to the draw to win the tickets. You have until midnight on Sunday to do so, and the winner will be notified by the police on Monday morning. And there are still tickets available for the show if you want to head along. Just head to the Hydro's website, which is... TheSSEHydro.com to get your tickets. To get yours, SSEHydro.com, the original website name. Get in there! 
and get your tickets no. for a wrestling. You just made the list! And now it's time for the list of wrestling daft. And we're going to be talking about our favourite gimmick matches. This, you know, just off the back, I was involved in a fantastic gimmick match of the weekend. They're good housekeeping three, ICW. Wolfgang and Liam Thompson, fantastic match, fantastic series of matches. Let's get a big DVD out for that, boys. Come on. Let's get a big DVD out. I'll do a voiceover. Uh, John Menzies. Get out. Get John Menzies. 1099. Willies. Oh, yeah, a free lollipop inside it. Oh, do you remember the days you used to get a free lollipop inside a DVD? Uh, nah, because it didn't exist, no, mate. No. I was yeah, working you. I was working you. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you my top three favourite wrestling gimmick matches, right? Are you ready for this? When you go. At number three, it's the Elimination Chamber. It is beautiful. It is brutal. It is the Elimination Chamber match. And to the victor go the spoils in the form of the WWE Championship. I love the Elimination Chamber. The one I want to talk about specifically is a Elimination Chamber 3 is the one. Well, I'm not going to actually talk about it specifically, but it was one. I had a Triple H, Randy Orton, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, Edge, and Batista. Here it comes! Batista! The cover! The elimination! I love an Elimination Chamber match, and that match really sold me on it, because you had big Batista in, inside that, inside the, the tube, the glass container, he was he was like a lion, you know, like a lion yeah. pacing in his in his cage, waiting to get out. You know, you don't know which tube's going to open up. You know, what I mean, you don't know which wee compartment's going to open up. Who's going to come out in what order? It's it's, it's a daft gimmick, man. But I just love it. I love I it. I like watching see stuff like um the like it shows you like the 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 crew Aye. and how they build it. And it's like two miles. You know, worth miles of steel and all that. I like all yeah. that. I like finding out how they build it and how they pack it into a truck and all this. It's kept. Well, used to do, do you remember they used to do like JR? Used to always kind of he would he would tell you like he was like, uh, "There's two miles of chain oh, in this thing. There's five meters of glass in each." You're like, calm down, JR, man. Oh, he can, he can sell you anything. He can sell you anything, couldn't he? I mean, I was watching a match the other day, The Rock versus Triple H for Raw for 1999 the other day, and I swear to God, man, JR's commentating is something else. He is the best. When JR commentator. is fired up and he's doing the business, man, there's nobody like <laughs> but him. But he's also the best when he's crab it. That podcast he's doing, I know I've said it before, but that podcast he does, he does it when he comes home and he's just crab it as fuck about his flights. Mate, don't brilliant. you dare put her another podcast <laughs> on your podcast, well, they're mate. Sending they're sending me a t-shirt, mate. Going into business for his cell here, <laughs> putting her somebody else's podcast. Sorry, mate, they've, they said they're sending me a t-shirt, mate, so I'm fucking... <laughs> I'm delighted. Uh, no, I mean, listen, who doesn't want to listen to OGR? Anyway, that was my number three, the Elimination Chamber. My number two, Grado, is... Well, it's the I Quit match. Uh, or a submissions match. You know, I like a good old... I like a match where your, your guys go mano a mano. And ultimately... To, to, to get to the conclusion of this match, one man is going to have to submit or Same confess. Else. Yeah, Same exactly. Same else, Same mate. Say you Same quit else. or tap or Aye. submit. Being forced to do that. It's, it's, it's the ultimate proof. No bullshit. The ultimate proof that this man has bested you. You know nah, what I mean? I'm not, I'm not too keen on them. You're not feeling why? Nah, do you not like them? It's boring. I like a pinfall. I you love, think they're boring? Than, no, I just, do you like a wee schoolboy roll-up? I, 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 love, I love a nah. one, two, three. That's just my breeding. No, I man. love uh, a submission match. I mean, WrestleMania uh, 13, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart, that submissions match. It's a great match. That's probably I mean, the best submission match. Awesome! Impossible! I can't understand! 
it's unbelievable, right. unbelievable. And I, you know, it's a kind of match as well—a submissions match or an I quit match that can that can really enhance both guys. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and look ring. what it done for Austin. And I think I think that's I think that's one of JR's favourite matches to call. <laughs> I keep mentioning JR, man, but apparently that was his favourite match to call. Was that match? So say something, brother. Stone Cold got some colour in that match, by the way. <laughs> Maybe Stone Cold should right, have dyed right. his hair blonde <laughs> for that, right. mate. Coast to coast, across his forehead. <laughs> for fucking aren't he fucking... Where's East? <laughs> <laughs> Edinburgh? Is uh, Edinburgh yeah, East? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Something like that. And my number one. Uh, Favourite gimmick match type of all time. It's a Texas bull rope match, mate. Oh, good call, mate. I love a Texas bull rope match. Two big horses. Good call. Strapped to each other, shackled to each other, and they escape with an old cowbell right in the middle that you can go clunk I right out a guy's nut with. Rattle it right out of uh, some I direct the listeners. right across the head. Love it. Direct the listeners to check out Superstar Billy Graham, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, that's on YouTube, 28th August, 78. Rhodes just pulled Superstar open. Longbow, put the count of three, on the four. A quick count of, it's over. Texas bull rope match, me hiding place. Um, beautiful moments in, in a match where you can see these two guys, right? They're, they're shackled. Superstar Billy Graham, you can see him try to take a powder, get out of the ring, escape at some points, and you got Dusty going, uh-uh, you ain't, you ain't going, going nowhere. nowhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> Pulling him back in. And I'll, listen, that's what I love about wrestling. It's like Texas bull rope match, I think, only works when you get two big Two big horses going at each yes, other, man. You know I, what I mean? And that's what I want in wrestling, man. I like to see two big guys slugging. Two big it out. lumpy boys. Two big boys aye. slugging it out. Aye. You know what I mean? That's what I want. And they've tied together. They escape. They're ready to run. Mm, kinky. Fucking bonk. <laughs> cowbell at. Conk. I try to, do this, try to do the sound of cowbell. Oh, I summer. That's what the fiend should come in with a cowbell <laughs> instead of a fucking head, a severed head. Do you go to hit me with your head? Aye. You go to hit me with your rubber head? Margaret, there's a fiend at the door. He wants to hit you over the head with a rubber head. It'll just bounce off your head right enough, but stick your red light on anyway. So let, let's go out to the punters out there to see what their favourite gimmick matches are. Adam Gibson, fight me, I dare you, he says, because he knows he's going to say something controversial, Gradle. Mm-hmm. He fucking loved Kennel for Hell, the Kennel for Hell match. Do you know what? And He says at the end here, absolute car crash TV, excellent stuff. I agree. I love going by. Everybody slates WCW 99 into 2000. Me and Shah Samuels love watching bad wrestling see car right. crash tv i love it i love going back and watching the network and watching some of that shit and Brody. that was that was al snow and big boss man kennel for hell was it at the end of kennel for hell or am i getting confused here was it the end of kennel for hell the boss, man, the boss man got hung by the undertaker and uh, no, was, was that i think or was that was another it, was cage match it was at wrestlemania 15 wasn't it wrestlemania 15 big boss man got hung i'm sure he wrestled that's one of my favorite visuals in wrestling <laughs> This is the boss man getting hung for that cell. It's and then madness. the best it was, he fucking wrestled in Raw the next night. <laughs> oh my God, he's dead. He's been he's been hung. <laughs> and now here he is, the big boss man. He's back. And that was that. that was all he needed. County, Georgia. Uh, <laughs> boss man was involved in some great stuff, wasn't he? Uh, uh, dragging away uh, Big Show's dad's coffin. <laughs> that was, remember that at the That's time? a high point, mate. Fuck me, man. It's a high point in the culture, not just wrestling, in the culture, humanity. Uh, Mark Caffrey, Jake the Snake versus the model Rick Martel in a blindfold match at WrestleMania 7. Oh, I've done a blindfold match oh, once, me and Shah. Oil the gaff. <laughs> fucking hell. Absolute fuck. I mean, <laughs> was, what is even the point? Uh, I mean, we thought it was going to be tremendous, but it was absolute Could you see through sick. the blind? I mean, I take it you could do a gimmick blindfold you could see through. Don't tell I me actually, you actually blindfolded actually, yourselves, did you? I actually can't remember it, honestly, you know. 
I See, think... that's where you probably went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing actual blindfolds. Cradle, it is a work. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I was a fan of that Jake the Snake match, to be honest. I'm swinging at air and all that. Maybe I need to watch it again. Maybe mm. a day like it. Hey, Chris Scullion, uh, who is a guy I know, by the way, sweet guy. Cham- Chamber of Horrors match for WCW Halloween Havoc 1991. Fucking mental, he says. It was a hell in a cell before that was a thing and had so much weird shit in it. The referee's camera helmet, the coffin with a random mask prick inside it, not to mention the fucking electric chair. I'm loving folk the way they're talking to us in this podcast. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's people, yeah. And it's beautiful. Listen, see, I, I miss the big matches like that. See the big, stupid, overbooked, overgimmicked matches like yeah. that. Like they've, they fucking chamber of horrors match. About a thousand things in the ring and all that. People getting electrocuted, not sparks, shite sparks flying everywhere. No, that. No, that money fucking probably. We need more of that. I love, I love when you think of stuff like when and angles back in the day, like 99, 2000, and the amount of shit they ruined, like, you know, like motors. Dump, you know, big monster trucks and all that, thousands and thousands of pounds. Like, fuck it, get us, another, get us another Hummer in here. Get us a Hummer, we want Aye. to fucking bounce Kevin Nash off it. <laughs> Easy peasy. Uh, you know, do you remember though, I'm talking about like daft gimmicky stuff now, but just it popped into my head. Do you remember Dean Ambrose was fighting uh, Bray Wyatt and a fucking ghost appeared or something? Do you remember? It was like a fucking hologram or a ghost. People have. That wasn't the one where. I think they, people have forgotten this. Aye, I don't remember that. No, is that, that's, not, that's not the one. Am I thinking? What was the man with Randy Orton? They go back to a house and all that? No, no, it was before that's this. Dean right, Ambrose no, was fighting no. Bray Wyatt. Right. And at the end of the match, a ghostie appeared and Dean Ambrose got a fright. Who was it, a ghostie? It was like a. I can't remember. It was some weird apparition. Somebody remind us. It was really terrible. Right. Um, and of course, Dean Ambrose left WWE soon after. He was so frightened of that ghost, he ran away. <laughs> <laughs> why, ran did you go, why did you go to AEW? Because there was a ghost. <laughs> A ghost came. And what happened to Bray Wyatt? Became the fiend and started hitting people with a rubber head. He's not done that yet. He's not hitting people hit anybody with a rubber head, but it will come. Uh, Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Perfect. But <laughs> what was that? Gredo just pulled off his earphones there, sighed and went, ah, perfect. <laughs> Which is just basically, you know, how you sum up Buff huh? Bagwell's career. By the way, oh, buff is this stuff. Buff is this stuff. Um, any other ones you want to pick out here? William Donerkey says any hair versus hair match was good to see for a laugh. Oh, but- how is it funny if somebody get, uh, doesn't have any hair? <laughs> is it William? Is it funny if somebody? What, what's funny? I don't get it. I mean, it's it's funny. I think Kurt Angle, you know, get his head shaved off. And to- is it? <laughs> it's funny that Kurt Angle didn't have hair anymore. So he says, Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, Molly Holly and Vince, to name a few, on the receiving end of a good trim. Fucking hilarious, mate. And it's time now for us to announce our listener of the week. Our listener of the week will be getting a, a wrestling belt. I believe that's what we're going to do. Producer John, is that true? We're we going to give them, is it's it a fake? No, let's make you one. Producer John will make a cardboard one for you right. and we'll, 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 we'll get you, we'll give you it or something. We'll do, I don't know, we'll take a picture of it and we'll write your name on get it. Get yourself down to Timpsons, get a bit of leather. Fucking get, down, get an old quality street tin. Fucking tart it up and send it to the post. Wrestler of the week. I would like to announce that the winner of our listener of the week is Kev McGee. Because uh, he well, wants to... Brown pattern, man. Good pattern. He wants to put off Cesaro because he's not going elsewhere, will he? 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Kennedy's getting the tights. Kennedy's getting the tights. Kennedy stole it. Kennedy stole the match. It's finished. And the title. Really don't like you people at all. is in the briefcase there will be a new champion and his name will be today we are joined by none other than mr well to call you kennedy or does it need to be anderson what's the deal Kennedy Anderson doesn't matter to me. Right, and, my real uh, name is Anderson. So. Right, okay, and and I know in the past you've always gave me heat for speaking my native tongue. <laughs> I I don't really give you heat for it. I just uh, I give you shit about it because you do such a great American accent, and uh, th- there are times where uh, Grado will be talking, I can't understand a fucking word he's saying. And I'll just say Grado, Grado, speak American, and he'll go. Hey, I was asking you if you'd like to go to the bar and do, do it. Yeah, yeah Ken, what do you want to do tonight after the show? You Where do you want to hit? You want to go there? You want to go there? And, and it just <laughs> makes, it makes life so much easier. Even when I'm working Yanks and, you know, we're, we're going for our match, I just go, fuck this. I go, okay, man, you take one, I feed up, you turn around, did it, <laughs> shoot, fucking this, that. And it makes life a whole lot easier. Ken, you need to understand that even in Scotland, we struggle to understand what Grado is saying, even here. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Ken, how have you been uh, getting on? You're on NWA. How is that? That looks that looks amazing. It's really, it's been fun. It's been rewarding. Um, the one cool thing about, well, there's a couple cool things about it. It's it's very light schedule. It's, you know, two days. In two days' time, we taped nine episodes of of the show. Um, but the the one thing is, they they basically just give us bullet points and say. It's up to you guys to come up with your own promos. It's up to you guys to come up with what you're going to do in the matches and things like that. So it's really like they're allowing us to either shit the bed, <laughs> think or swim on our own accord. That is amazing. So who, who, the, show, the show is great fun, by the way. I, I think it's great. I, it is, I think, my favorite just now. I love, I love watching that NWA show because I think you can – you can feel the energy for it. It feels like it's, you know, everybody's having fun. It really is. It really is. Uh, it's been a ton of fun and uh, looking forward to doing it. We have uh, the, the pay-per-views on December 14th, and then we have two more days of tapings on December 15th and December 16th. So and looking how, forward to it. Now. How, uh, how are my good friends Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan? And- They're fucking great. Really? They're absolutely great. They're wonderful to work with, you know, uh, Dave was the guy that gave me my first opportunity in the WWE. Like, well, he was the guy that basically came up to me and said, "You're hired." Wait, so where did he uncover you? 
Um, so I was actually down in OVW and I had gone up, I started doing the Mr. Anderson thing, started doing the intro on the mic and they called me just to take a look at me and he came up to me. I was getting ready. I was going to have a match with, uh, Funaki. It was just supposed to be a squash match. Basically it was an enhancement match for me. Um, I was going to enhance him and he was he was going to win the match and five minutes before I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm doing push-ups and squats and stuff, getting ready. And Dave came up to me and he was like, uh, there's been a change. And I immediately thought, ah, I got cut. That's okay. You know, next time. And he said, we need to come up with a finisher for you because you're going over. This is now going to be a televised match. And he stuck out his hand and he said, welcome aboard. So it was pretty That's cool. That's amazing. You know, Ken Funaki's name comes up a lot here. You know, we've been we've been chatting to people, and you know, Al Snow was talking about Funaki. I feels like so he was like back in well in the mid two thousands. Was he the guy that people were put on against to find out? Like, can this guy work? Can he go? Kind of um, him, or you know, the real test at the time was Bob Holly. Like, <laughs> oh man! If you if you got along with well, uh, if you got along with Bob Holly well. Um, you were, I think you were golden, you know. Ken Grado has been a, a friend of mine for a long time, so I've always been fascinated to hear from him, you know, when he's went to the States and, and worked in these promotions. And I've always been interested to hear about the guys who he's considered good guys who have looked after him and stuff like that. Um, you know, and your names came up. And I was just wondering, who were the guys for you who looked after you when you made that step into the, the WWE? Who was, who was there for you that you felt had your back and, you know, was supporting you as a new guy coming in? I mean, right when I first got to WWE, I, I found out, like, I got in well with Undertaker and uh, Booker T and Rey Mysterio and all those guys, Chris Benoit, when I first got on the roster. And they were so good to me and so kind to me. Who was a prick? <laughs> Nobody. Everybody was. Ah, you know, you know. I like. I like hearing the nice stories. I like hearing about. Hey, listen. If you go in and Undertaker, Undertaker likes you. That must feel. That must feel like a good thing, right? It is right. We all want to be liked by our peers. We do. You know, as much as we say, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks about me. You know, we want our peers to like enjoy our work, and it's yeah, it's really cool when Taker came up to me and said. I want to work with you. It was like a, you know, Bona. a dream come true. And I remember the first time getting to wrestle him on a house show and standing in the ring and hearing that fucking gong and the lights go out. And I remember like just getting goosebumps and thinking, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I here? My wife is just laughing her head off at, at that pop that you guys just. <laughs> how was your missus? So she, she, she's, she's an Aussie, isn't she? She is, yes. Ah, good day, mate. Now look what you're going and done. <laughs> Ken's upset. Ken's upset. <laughs> what he's making? He's making dinner. Lunch. Oh, it's lunch. It's lunchtime. Oh, lunch time. Oh, it's lunch time. Oh, fuck. See, you use wrestlers in your eggs. Fucking hell. Sorry for swearing in front of your missus. Ken, just to let you know, while you've been having lunch there, we've just been eating cream cakes. I love seeing Grado's food pictures. It occurs to me that you are a big foodie, Grado. Yes. I, yes. I also love documentaries. Yes, me too. Yes. <laughs> we also like to talk about documentaries. Have you seen any decent documentaries recently? 
Yesterday, my wife and I just binged. It's a, I think it was five hours, five parts. It was the devil. Next the devil door. next door. The, the, the devil next door. The Ukrainian guy. Yes. Mm. Holy shit! Yep. Is that good? What's, I, what's happening? Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is surreal. This is so surreal. What is what is happening here? No, it's just it's just a it's just a. Is it true crime stuff? Are you a fan of true crime? Yeah, uh, just basically anything that's interesting. Documentary. I. The documentary side, it, it feels like for a while there were some really, really awesome documentaries coming out, and it's been kind of uh, dry for a little bit here. I agree. And there's nothing worse than I think there's a great story in a documentary, and then it becomes too Americanized. And, you know, there's a presenter involved in it, and it's all this, you know, I have been a psychologist for 10 years, and I'm now reporting on it. And you think, fucking sit down, just let it breathe. You know, it gets too, there's too much. There's too much. I like it to just come naturally. But, um, Ken, I'm just getting dirty looks off the producer because we're going off track because he wanted to find out about your entrance. I'm sure Rob did as well. I think I think the responsibility has fallen to me for a listener's sake. Sorry, uh, the responsibility Chris. has fallen Sorry. to me to ask you where did you get the idea for your whole entrance thing? Where did where did that come? I mean, you're a you're a boxing fan, right? I, I'm not really a boxing fan, honestly. You're I not? Did, uh, no, I'm not. It's basically a bunch of different things that all kind of came together at once. Um, I was in a I did basketball announcing when I was in high school. And somewhere along the way, I started doing the last name twice. And I would do it for, like, you know, from people on our, our team, basically, you know, six foot one center, Jose Luis Garcia, Garcia. <laughs> and then when I got out of high school, I completely got away from that. I, went, I got into wrestling, went down to OVW, and Paul Heyman came down about, I was about five or six months in. And just kind of like, I couldn't find my my footing there. I just couldn't, you know. I was I was progressing, but like I just couldn't figure it out entirely. Um, and Paul came out and said, "Hey, go out there tonight and introduce yourself." And I just threw the last name twice in there because it was something that I always did. And I came back through the curtain. I had had like a thirty minute match that night with Brent Albright too, and. I came back through the curtain and everybody was like, when you, that entrance was fucking awesome. <laughs> that, that's, I guess, when you know that you, something is going to be successful. Uh, when the boys pop for something, yep. there's a pretty good chance that the fans are going to pop for it too. Yeah. As, as you know, you've got your, your, your training academy um, and is it Minnesota? It is, yeah. Aye, aye, aye. So I, I take it, um, I mean, how much, do you focus on character building with your students? Is it a big part or is it? I mean, I mean, I think it's just sort of, I, I actually, my, my wife and I were talking about like, I want to do more stuff with character development, but I really try to focus on psychology. Yep. And I feel yep. like as people learn the, the, how to do the moves properly and safely, and they start to learn ring psychology and putting matches together, the, their characters just sort of naturally come out. Like, I'm not a big fan of just giving somebody a ridiculous character and, hey, be this person, you know? Find yourself. Um, that, that doesn't seem to work for me, but I, I feel like all of my students that have graduated, just within a few months, they start to naturally, their natural character just comes out. Mm -hmm. And 
in my opinion, those are the best characters in wrestling are the ones that are just extensions of one's personality. Right. So, Ken, talk us through, you know, you won the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match, is that right? And then mm-hmm. what happened? Was there an injury? With talk, the injury, talk, yeah. talk us so, through what happened. So you had won Money in the Bank and I, I'm, I'm presuming the plans were to put a title on you, but I, I believe you got an injury that stopped yeah. that. Thanks for bringing it up. Um, yeah, no problem. So, uh, <laughs> actually, <laughs> the, the initial plan was I was going to cash it in at WrestleMania the next year. And I had publicly, you know, on TV, I had stated that that was going to happen. And then uh, a few months into, maybe it was like a month later or two months later, um, that I, honestly, that whole period of my life is a giant blur. So, so they came to me and, and, they pulled me in the office and said, "Hey, next week we're gonna we need to take the title off of Taker because he's injured. He has to go have surgery. So we're gonna have you come out at the end of SmackDown and cash in your briefcase, and you're gonna be the new champ." And uh, you know, just went over some stuff, and I I went out that night with Mark Carano and Michael Cole. It was just the three of us, and those guys knew about it. And they were like, you know, fucking high five and celebrating like, yeah, good, good job, kid. You did it, you know. And uh, so we kind of celebrated. It wasn't like I was around, you know, blasting horns and, and posting it on social media and stuff like that. But, uh-huh. um, and, and I was you know, so anyway, the next week I go to a house show in Poughkeepsie and it was a double shot. And on the first show, it was something simple like. Batista came and gave me a clothesline in the corner and then he pulled me out into a short clothesline and I bumped and I felt something tear in my arm and I felt a pop in my triceps and it immediately swelled up. My hand turned black and purple and all the colors of the rainbow. Uh, and it was just amazing. I could not move my arm. That night, went to get an MRI with, uh, with Hornswoggle. He took, he drove me <laughs> to get uh, get the MRI. I got the MRI, and I waited around in my hotel room. The next day, Stephanie McMahon called me, and she said, Ken, um, they just called. You tore your triceps. You're going to have to have surgery. You're going to be out seven or eight months. We still need to get the title off the taker. We're sending Vince's jet to pick you up and take you to Penn, bring you to Penn State tonight, where Edge is going to challenge you for your briefcase, and then you're going to lose it to him. Oh, I'm really sorry to tell you that. And I was like, all right. You know, like I remember thinking at the time, like, well, but I have a year to cash this in. If I'm only going to be gone seven or eight months, why don't I just hold on to it? Mm-hmm. I didn't say that. No, I didn't but... say that because, you know, I'm a team player and yep. it's business. And so I went to Penn state edge called me a chicken. I said, nobody calls me a chicken. I put up the briefcase. Um, I went out, I literally couldn't move my arm. And I remember, trying to figure out what we would do that night and it just basically they said we decided that we will ring the uh, edge will come out and jump me from behind beat the shit out of me roll me in the ring ding 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 and he'll spear me one two three so that's what happened the next day they sent me down to birmingham alabama to meet with james andrews the doctor that does all the surgeries and uh I remember sitting on his table and he came up and he started just grabbing my arm, my triceps, and he's feeling around and he he said, that's not a tear. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? 
He said, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not a tear. That doesn't feel like a tear. Um, they forgot to send your MRIs, so I'm going to have you do another MRI just to be sure. But I'm pretty sure I don't feel a tear in there. And uh, did the MRI, and sure enough, it was just a large hematoma. It was basically a, a bruise, a giant bruise, like a bunch of blood vessels popped in my triceps and, and bled out internally. And I was off for two or three two or three weeks and came back. So That is... I mean, I actually feel bad bringing this up, but does it f still hurt, that stuff like that? Does it still play in your mind? No, no it doesn't. It doesn't. Did, have you, did, you, did you go through a stage where it did affect you and have you, have you managed to like overcome it, if you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, no. I just, I knew that, you know, injuries occur. Well, well this is the thing, is it? <laughs> oh, my, my wife just gave me a... She'd be chopping onions. But this is the this is the this is the thing though, Ken. You're a wrestler, right? Grado is a wrestler, and I imagine there must be in this business, there must you must just be psychologically prepared for stuff like that to happen. Because every time you go into the ring, things like that can happen, right? And and just like Grado can attest to this, like there are so many things that are promised in the business and by promises i mean like you know a promoter comes up even down on the independent level promoter comes up and says hey we're gonna do this this yep. and this and then somebody gets injured and you can't do this 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 you got to do this this and that you know you got to just change it up and that definitely happens in wwe and you know it happens in impact it happens all over the place um can yep. you 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 were involved in a storyline about being the big man's son Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I was. Yep. And I got hornswoggled out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hornswoggle. See what I did? See what I did there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my wife just handed me a tissue again. Thanks thanks for bringing all this shit up, Grado. Oh, come on. Does, you, come on. <laughs> you're making me feel like shite here. <laughs> well, I, honestly, I, I, I'm just kidding. I, no, I, I know you are. You're, you're, I'm perfectly okay talking about all this stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So tell us about the, the, the Vincent Kennedy McMahon stuff. So that was something I remember. I, I'm pretty sure it was the night that Vince blew himself up in the limo that Stephanie came up to me and she said, hey, we have a really cool thing that we want to do with you. But I want Vince to tell tell you himself. Okay. So a couple days go by. Finally get in a room with Vince and, you know, it's laid out. We're going to have this big process where we try to figure out who my son is. Um, and we're going to narrow it down through a series of, you know, week after week. And you're going to be my son. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking great. Awesome. And then... It was the week before we were going to be in Green Bay, a week before the big reveal, and they had they had narrowed it down to he's blonde. That was I think and it was it was between me, Hornswoggle, and Sandman at the time. I think those were the only <laughs> blonde males in the company. <laughs> I did my loop, and I flew home, and as I was on my way from the airport to my house, I got a message from. Uh, Johnny Ace's secretary saying, hey, uh, Vince needs to talk to you in Stanford. Um, go back to the airport. We'll give you all the information by the, you know, and, and you're going to come right to right to Stanford. OK, cool. And I'm thinking like, all right, guys, here we fucking go. This is it. Yeah. Um, so I get to Stanford 
that afternoon, like five o'clock, car comes, picks me up, brings me, and I get into Titan Towers outside of Vince's office, and lo and behold, there's nine other people sitting there, nine other wrestlers, and none of us knew what what was going on. Um, they didn't smarten any of us up, and I remember Edge went in first, and he was in there for five minutes maybe, and as he came out, he just kind of had his head down. And he goes, I can't say anything, but it's not good. And he, he walked out. So I went in like second or third. Um, and Vince Vince was there with Johnny Ace and Ed, Ed McDevitt, I think is his name was. He was the attorney for WWE. And he said, uh, we instituted the wellness policy on such and such a date. And it says that you received... I'm, I'm told here that you received shipments of, and he listed some testosterone and some growth hormone and stuff like that from this online pharmacy on this day, which is after the wellness policy was instituted. You know, what do you have to say about that? And I was like, well, I was not, I never purchased anything online. I actually went and saw a doctor. I had tests. He prescribed that to me. And he said, I just, look, I, I have to do this. Um, you're going to, you're going to be uh, suspended. He suspended me for 30 days, fined me $10,000. And, uh, and he said, we're going to go a different way with the, with the sun thing. So uh, that was it. And then the next week they announced that it was Hornswoggle. It was, you know, it was actually at that time I was not taking testosterone and growth hormone to, to get huge and jacked. I have low testosterone. I think I've got that as well. I always have, and um, I, you know, I needed I needed it at the time for uh, hormone replacement. So you couldn't fight that corner. So I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I tried fighting it, and uh, but was it was it just a case really, was it just a case really that Vince was backed into a corner? Really, that Vince right. had to take action, and he was backed into a corner a wee bit there. He really was. He really was, and Congress was starting to like breathe down. You know, all this stuff had happened, and yeah, all the, all the deaths and. Chris Benoit thing that was a huge media firestorm, and uh, he just he had to do it. Sad, and it? it's weird. I mean, so you don't. This is the thing. It's like when you're watching wrestling just for a fan's perspective. You know what you see at that end, at the fans' end, is just oh Jesus, this storyline ended in an unsatisfying <laughs> way. You know what I mean? That's what you see. You know, and yep. that's and the yep. story spiral out for there, and you don't see you know the 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 drama behind the scenes, and also the fact that it, you know. Sometimes, you know, people are just forced into situations and things just develop in a certain way and there's a lot of luck involved as well. People say make your own luck, but you still need and you still need fate to favour you. Aye, I think. There's a hell of a lot of bad luck as well, isn't there? Yeah. You do need to you do need to work hard, but you know, luck does play a factor. Oh. Yeah. A lot. So here, look, that's all fucking a wee bit of doom and gloom. You were in the WWE. Tell us a point in your career in WWE where you felt, wow, this is amazing. I know you're talking about being the house show working taker, but your whole WWE career, what, would, what was the best moment? The first two years that I was there, I was there for a little over four years. Uh, the first two years that I was there, I was just like, people would ask me, is it everything that you thought it was going to be? And I would say, yes, absolutely, and so much more. It was fucking awesome. Aye. I mean, traveling the world, getting to see all these... I mean, I, I literally... That two, that four years that I was in WWE, I 
I did so much stuff that I forget that I did it. Yeah. You know, like I had so many experiences and traveled to so many different places. Um, it was just amazing. It really was. And uh, the way that the WWE looks after talent for, you know, if you have to do a phoner, you don't call the radio station. Somebody calls you and then they call on your behalf. You do a three-way call. It's just, you know, everything is so professional and so taken care of. When you have an appearance, they pick you up in a limousine or a town car. Um, you're not just, you don't just show up and go through the front entrance. You know, everything is so professional. It really is. And how, how did you find the difference when you you you, you what you signed with TNA? I think 2010 was it Genesis? You turned up at one of the first yeah. kind of pay per views after Hulk and Bischoff turned up. I tell us about TNA. Did you enjoy your time at TNA? And what was the differences between WWE and TNA? Uh, I really enjoyed my time in TNA. I'd say the major differences. So the, the the major difference at the time was TNA was allowing me to do what NWA is allowing all of us to do right now, and that was just bullet points for promos and things like that, um, and l- allowing us to be creative and come up with our own content. Aye. Um, yeah. I mean, the money is obviously way different in TNA, or was at the time. Um, there is some. There was some decent money to be had in TNA. I remember starting out in TNA, I got a really low contract and I just knew that I was going to have to prove myself. And then I was able to, you know, work my way up over the course of the four, I was there for six years. Just quickly on the NWA power thing, the schedule, you said it's a couple of days taping and, and you get nine shows. Did you say out of that? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that very, is... it was uh, extremely stressful to, you know, like the, the second day we did uh, the first day we did three episodes and the second day we did five episodes and that was very stressful. I mean, it was a lot of work crammed into two days, but, and I remember TNA used to be did like the exact that, same thing. Yeah. I, you'd go in and look at the, 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 the board for the matches and it'd be like fucking 45 matches, you know, and the yeah, coming and you were sick. a part of like 10 of them. Exactly. Like, oh, I, oh, I got to remember all this stuff. And that's not including backstage segments and everything else. So, so how do you keep, just how do you keep momentum and energy it's going hard, there when man. you're doing it's that? It's fucking hard. You know what? It, you know what keeps, keeps you going at the time is this is a pretty cool fucking job. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there are uh, thousands of other people that would like to be doing this and I'm doing it. So I got to go out there and do the best that I possibly can do. Do you have Do you have any trainees, Ken, that have really, um, any any ones, I know you probably don't want to play favourites, but do you have any ones that you think are going to be big prospects for the future? I really do. Like, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to get those guys as much exposure as I can. And you've, I mean, Ken spoke to me recently about getting some of his guys um, from his academy over to the UK. So I'm going to try and get some of his guys um, that are under... Uh, Ken's training to get some exposure over here. And that's a cool thing, man, to have a train a trainer that's backing you and is looking out for you and trying to get you work abroad because yeah, I, you learn you you learn different styles. You know, you're, it's different audiences. It's a completely different audience between a British wrestling crowd and an American crowd. It'll, it'll, a it'll be good. Pra- crowd. It'll be good practice for them to try and understand Gredo's accent as well if they're working. <laughs> yeah, <around> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I last. Last summer, this last summer, they went over and spent a month with the Knights at WAW. Oh, Norwich, right. right? Aye. And, uh, you know, they wrestled every single day. Brilliant. And That's perfect. did ring crew every single day, and they slept on the floor every single day, you know. But 
they loved every moment of it. And that's the kind of shit that I always thrived on. Like I loved that. I didn't care where I was sleeping. I just, I was happy to be on the road. I was happy to be a part of the business, yeah. wrestling, learning. And, uh, you know, those guys basically came to me and said, we booked a flight from February 2nd through February 31st. You know, like we, we leave on the 2nd, we come home on the 31st. Can you help us to get some bookings while we're over there? They don't Amazing. have anything lined up. They're just putting themselves over there. Did, and did they, they, did they just, was that just their own idea to do that? To book that flight? I didn't and, say anything to I mean, that's amazing. They just, they just said, let's go back over there and we'll, we'll do it on the fly. We'll try to get as much work as we possibly can. And I think, you know, that's, I always try to harp onto my, stu- onto my students that if you're not booked on a show, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go to the show. Yeah. You go always to the show, bring have your gear. Help out with the ring. Help sell popcorn. Help do anything. Ring the freaking bell. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. That's you know that's how that's how you can sort of get your foot in the door for these companies. Right. And then all of a sudden, hey, somebody's car broke down. We need a referee. I happen to have a referee shirt in my bag. Can I you know? get you in, get yourself involved somewhere or another? Ken, just before we go, we've got we, 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 we ask um, the quick fire questions, and you okay. can answer. All right, Ken. Got it. Okay, Kenna, uh, the first wrestling match you watched? Uh, the first one match I remember is uh, that, that uh, vividly, I vividly remember was uh, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 14. Brilliant. Nice. The best match that you've wrestled in? Uh, I would say one of my favorites was uh, the Kurt Angle lockdown match that I had from 2009. Perfect. It was uh, in a cell, in a cage. Ah, uh, lockdown. Is that it? No. Uh, favorite favorite uh, favorite opponent? Grado. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we yeah. had that we did we had a match. We had a match we in, had, uh, we, did, we had one match over in, in London. Oh, that was brilliant. And yeah. the, the mic came for the ceiling and I got up on your shoulders <laughs> and grabbed the mic. Oh, that was fucking brilliant. You were wrestling each other? Uh, yeah, but did we tag or was it a singles match? No, we, we wrestled each other. Ah, and Grado, did you do the job again? It's a great comedy. Um, did I, no, did I beat you? I can't remember. Did I beat you? I can't remember. I don't, I don't know what my li- I don't know what my win loss record is in the pro wrestling. <laughs> Ken, your favorite wrestler of all time? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. Yeah. Favorite. Let me t- tell you something. I, I'm I'm not just saying this because he's my buddy and because he's sitting there <laughs> listening to me right now, but. When I need to pick me up, when I'm having a shitty day, I watch fucking Great Oberg entrance from ICW, and it <laughs> it is so uplifting. It's fucking awesome. You know what? And then you you, you pass that on to Sean Devari, and then I did, and he loves it. Yeah, he Devari, like, my ev- favorite wrestler. <laughs> every 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 couple of weeks, Devari will send me a video of him driving, dancing to my entrance. So <laughs> I thank you for passing that on because he fucking pestles me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, favorite finishing move aside from yours? Uh, the the cradle uh, pile driver that fucking Jerry Lynn used to do. Oh, that was cool as oh. fuck. God, I'm going to use that next week. <laughs> <laughs> your uh, your favorite entrance theme of all time? Oh, Funaki. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously love. Funaki's entrance music for some reason. I can hear it in my head right now. Seriously, I don't think there's ever going to be an episode of this podcast where Funaki's name doesn't come up. It's just unbelievable. Uh, Love Funaki, and he's a Green Bay Packer fan, so. Oh, God, I love him even more. (laughs) Uh, Favorite tag team? 
favourite tag team, uh, the Hardy Boys. And what's your favourite match of all time? I, I would say just because it's so memorable for me and it was like what started me on this journey was that same WrestleMania 14, Austin versus Michaels. I mean, and then going back and realising, learning later how messed up his back was. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. And then you watch the match and you can see how messed up his back is and he still takes some fucking insane bumps. That's it's really great. Well, did we get any more questions? No, no, amazing, man. Right, man. Ken, thank you so much for taking the time out to come to do this interview. Um, is there anything you want to promote anything before you go? Anything you want to give a shout out? Yeah, I, I'd just like to say that, you know, I run this wrestling academy in Minneapolis, but we have people come from all over the world. We have people come from Australia, Chile. Um, That's cool. A couple, couple different places, England. Um, mm-hmm. So if you're interested and you want to come to the States for a while and do what my students are doing, basically, um, we'll, you know, just charge you a month's tuition. We also take people that we don't just uh, train train brand new people. We take people that are experienced and just try to polish them as much as we can. We train four nights a week, Monday through Thursday, uh, four hours of class time every night. And uh, you can check out. Uh, our website, theacademyprowrestling.com, and it has all the details on there. It has a phone number that you can text if you've got questions, and that comes right to my phone. So, Brilliant. Amazing. So you'd be happy to see some of your Scottish people, some of your Scottish listeners, UK listeners, global listeners come in absolutely. there. Absolutely. And maybe... Absolutely, and I would love to, you know, have, give my students the experience of trying to understand Scottish people. <laughs> hey, yeah. And also, while they're there, they could visit Paisley Park and pl- you know pay tribute to Prince at Paisley Park, right? That's Minneapolis. Uh, that's right. I'm sure I rested in the building that uh, Prince filmed a music video, and I can't remember what it's called. You'll know what it's called. It was. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's uh, First Avenue. Ah, First oh, Avenue. First Avenue, you I wrestled used to, in there. I, I used Brown. to wrestle there all the time. Unbelievable. I wrestled Joey Ryan there. I wrestled Joey Ryan there on my birthday. That's where Prince did all his early gigs, all the amazing formative. That's I never knew you wrestled in there. That's impressed me more than anything you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, thanks so much. And I just want to also say thanks again um, for, you know, during my time in TNA as well, you always had my back. You always looked after me. You always checked to see if I get paid in time and stuff like that. And I just want to say... <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work out so well. No, 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 But thanks so much. You know what? With all of the problems that that TNA had, the locker room was always it was a awesome. ball. It was a ball, an absolute ball, an absolute yeah. ball. Uh, you're a great guy, Ken. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast, and I'll text you some uh, fucking Tidy documentaries that I've seen. Uh, yeah, I need I need a good list of uh, new documentaries. I just, one more thing, I just want to say, like the first time I remember, the first time I met Grado or. The first time I remember, I might have met you before that, but uh, they were filming some stuff for what was that show that TNA was doing? British uh, Boot Camp. Yeah, British Boot Camp. And uh, I remember they came up with some cameras and I, they asked you to cut a promo on me or something like that. <laughs> Wasn't that? Do you remember this? I think so, yes. Aye. And, and I was fucking blown away immediately. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, I like this guy. He's he's gonna be good. He's got something special. So beautiful. Thanks well, listen, man. Much, sorry man. for keeping you from your lunch. You go and enjoy your your lovely Eggs. lunch now. And thanks so That's much. Okay. No worries. Thanks, man. A pleasure. Really, man, Thank you. Cheers for that, brother. Thank you, pal. Bye, bye. Bye, okay. Bye, bye. And it's now time for your chance to win beer and our beer fifty-two match of the week. Congratulations to Alan Muir who watched my suggestion that you should watch 
the big six man for Nitro, I watched it again. Sting, Hogan, Goldberg versus Sid, Steiner and Nash, Monday Nitro 99, and he correctly told us that it was big sexy Kevin Nash, the big man himself. He took the pin. I don't suppose he would have been too happy about that at the time. So now we have the chance for you to win beer. Each week we're going to give you a classic wrestling match to watch, and all you've got to do is answer a question on it. Everybody that gets the right answer will be put into a draw to win the beer. Right, you can enter easily by checking out the match and answering the question and replying to us on the Wrestling Daft Facebook page or between us at, at Wrestling Daft. Winners must be over 18 in Steiny UK. So this week, Rab, it's over to you to pick out your match of the week. What a match we've got for you this week, by the way. And hey, it's an ECW match. Hey, what is this? Is up? Is up? What is this uh, hardcore match going to be? What violence is it going to be? Listen, it's no violence. It's going to be about half an hour of absolute class <laughs> wrestling. It's Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko, Hostile City much. Showdown, 15th of April, 95. Guerrero trying to snap the spine of the Iceman. Shoulders are down. One, two, no. Malenko flips him over. One, two, no. Guerrero turns him over. One, two. Malenko reverses it. One, two, no. A crowd that's used to seeing guys going through thumbtacks. A crowd that's used to seeing junkies coming out and hitting guys with fucking two-by-fours and flinging shopping trolleys at people. Or all women coming out the bingo. Right. Sitting there watching these two fantastic professional wrestlers, two of the greatest of all time, putting on a clinic in front of them and this ECW audience just watching with massive respect. What a match, by the way. You're going to see two guys you know, two of the best of all time at their very best. Hey, and you can get free beer for Beer52 as well, because all you need today is go to beer52.com slash wrestling, and we can sort you out with free beers. All you need today is cover 4 95 for the postage. And, as you're a wrestling daft listener, we'll give you two extra free beers in your first box. So that's a total of ten free beers. That'll keep you going. Your first box will be sent to you next day, and will contain... Beer for all over Korea. Hold on, what? Korea? Korea? Korean beer, yes. Korean beer, Korean beer. It's a monthly subscription service for beer, and Beer 52, they don't hodge you to ransom, so you can leave unlike it anytime. The, unlike the Saudis. The thing I loved about that was was it no Hogan and Flair got their own private jet back? Aye, they were loved like, it, we're and they're fucking Flair sitting there pushed, steaming. <laughs> so, oh, I loved it, I loved it. That's what this was all about. So just go to beer52.com slash wrestling to get your first case of 10 free beers for free. Well, folks, thanks for listening to Wrestling Daft. It's been an absolute pleasure again to talk to you. Listen, me and Grado love doing this show, by the way. Please can spread the word. Uh, I love this big guy sitting opposite me here. I'm having an absolute blast doing this show. I am absolutely having a ball doing this because I love talking about wrestling. It's my number one thing in the world. So getting to talk about it and getting it talking to, to you folk that are listening is brilliant. And I would encourage you to spread the word. And thanks so much for listening to the show. Have an absolutely fantastic weekend. The countdown to Christmas has begun. Oh yeah, have you seen the adverts to telly already? I can't Christ. wait. Mariah listen, Carey. Grado is in this John Lewis advert, by the way. He's no Disney want to talk about it, but I've got a feeling it's Grado Lewis Capaldi singing a song. And Grado is comes down the stairs on Christmas morning as a wee boy opens up his presents, and Grado, Grado does a rolling slice right through the fucking Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see it. Louis Capaldi's gonna say, "Here's a tiny Grado coming through your Christmas tree, rolling slice through your Lego." Uh, you did it, wouldn't you? Fucking right, I did it. I did McGee's. He's a sellout. He's a sellout. I wouldn't do it. Gradle, where are you, before we finish up, Gradle, where, do you, where are you wrestling this weekend? This weekend? Where are you jobbing I- this weekend? <laughs> Ken, 
This weekend, check us out on Reckless Intent. I'm wrestling for them in Telecutry. And then from then, I am heading to PBW, which is in uh, Greenock. So I'm going to be at Greenock Town Hall for PBW. Uh, and I'm wrestling Jack Jester so get yourself along if you want to take the wins stuff like that I don't know if there's going to be many listeners this show that have got wins what do you think? I don't know I think there's many listeners this show that have had sex <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for listening guys thanks so much and hey I'm in road don't you dare at me it's yourself mate you get up the road oh, it's yourself I'm very three tins it's yourself I'm bald up my, my car my, my, I don't even know how he says it core, my core. car my car up the road this is for network Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.